Welcome to Jumpstart Your Career podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Laws, career coach and founder of Purple Transitions Personal Growth. If you are someone who is at the crossroads in your career journey, you don't want to miss today's episode. Today, I'm really excited that I'm going to be speaking to Andy Cabasso from Pastaga in New York. Andy Cabasso is a startup founder, speaker, lawyer, former Guinness World Record holder and occasional wedding officiant. Andy is the co-founder of Pastaga, an all-in-one platform for link building and email outreach. Prior to Pastaga, Andy founded, grew and then successfully sold a digital marketing agency for seven figures. Before building his agency, Andy practiced law. Let's get started on today's episode. Do you need some support with preparing for your job interview? Have you been applying for lots of jobs but you've not had any results? Well, I've created the perfect tool for you. I've created the Success Interview Workbook. The workbook is based on my 15 years experience as a hiring manager and also my experience when I coach my clients. The workbook has 34 pages. There are worksheet exercises and guidance on the STAR Technique method. There are examples of real life interview questions. There's answers. There's also an action plan and lots of other exercises. You can take control and put yourself in the driving seat of your job interview. I have two versions of this workbook. There's one version, workbook only, then I have the workbook and audio coaching. It's about 35 minutes of audio coaching where you have mock interview practice session. Now take control and go to purpletransitionspersonalgrowth.co.uk. Welcome to our episode today, Andy. I'm really excited to have you on our show. And um, yeah, if you could just uh, talk a little bit about your your backstory. Well, thanks for having me, Sandra. Happy to be here. So a little bit about my background. Uh, I studied business in university. And um, as I was about, as I was getting ready to graduate, it was uh, 2008, 2009, as the Great Recession was hitting. And I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my career. Um, And kind of from some advice I had gotten from mentors, they had advised, they said, you should go to law school, If, um, which in hindsight, I don't know that that was the best advice. Um, I I feel like I have a lot of friends that were like, I'm smart. I should go to law school because people are telling me to go to law school. Um, Anyway, uh, so I went to law school uh, and uh, kind of soon after was realizing that I did not want to be practicing law. Um, And so I, when I was applying to work at different law firms, I was noticing that a lot of them had really bad websites and there was something I could do about that with a business background. And so I started with a, a friend of mine, a digital agency focusing on law firms. And uh, eventually I started practicing law, but I eventually quit and ran my agency full time. 
Uh, we grew it and then eventually sold it uh, successfully to another larger legal tech company. And then I uh, went on from there to start uh, Postaga, which is software that helps with uh, link building and email outreach for uh, people in the digital marketing space, as well as uh, salespeople. And once you graduated from university, what was your first job after university? So I went straight from university to law school. Um, yeah, it was, it, I, so I was in, when I was in undergrad in university, I really just kind of felt a little bit unsure of what I would do next. Um, and uh, in my university, they, thankfully they had a very good, uh, internship program. I went to uh, Northeastern University in Boston, and part of their program involved having several like in- internship, like they call them co-op placements, where mm-hmm. you basically the instead of the university being like four years as it normally is, at least here in the states, it's mm-hmm. a five-year program, and for one full year, uh, broken up into two six-month terms. You work for a business in your field. And so if you're in accounting, you can get a placement in an accounting firm. If you're in finance, you can get a placement in a finance firm. And uh, for my placements, uh, I worked at a TV station and I was thinking I would go into TV and film production. Um, And kind of thankfully, I had that placement because I, I realized I did not want to be in TV and film production. So it helped me decide that I did not want to do that. Um, and uh, may- maybe I would have wished that my other, uh, I would have had another placement that would have placed me in law. So I would have had the realization, oh, maybe I shouldn't be, shouldn't pursue a career in going to law school and taking on law student debt and, and all of that. Okay, really interesting. Yeah, I, I actually studied law as a mature mm-hmm. student, but um, I didn't go on to do my uh, postgraduate studies. You know, at the time I had lots of other commitments. Mm-hmm. So um, what area of law did you work in when you were uh, Yeah, so uh, after law school, I, I worked uh, for, I worked actually for a, a company and um, in their legal department. So I did a little bit of everything. I did some uh, intellectual property law. I did some, uh, a little bit of like immigration law, a little bit of contracts and stuff like that. It, it, it ran the gamut, but I was, re- as I was, I was getting into it. I was realizing that I just wasn't passionate about this. I would rather be on the side that is making things happen that I would need a lawyer for rather than being the lawyer doing deals uh, or just basically processing the deals and making sure it all happens. Um, and I've, I've had some kind of classmates in law school who from law school who uh, do more corporate work. And it always kind of felt like to me, similarly, like you have, like if you're working for, if you're doing legal advice for a startup or entrepreneurs um, the entrepreneurs are the ones who are uh, brokering these deals, growing their businesses, and then, okay, I need to do this transaction or I need to uh, have this legal fight or dispute to deal with. Now let's bring in the lawyers to help us manage this. And 
the entrepreneurial aspect just seemed more enticing to me than than the the legal. Yeah. So what sort of advice would you give someone who's starting out in their career and they were in your situation where they're not quite sure as to whether to pursue a degree in their subject area? So the best thing I could say would be if you can find mentors that are well established in that in these different career paths um if you're yeah if you're looking to get into law um befriend not even befriend but like find mentors if you can that are well established in their careers in this space to learn from them what the day-to-day is like like if you don't even have people in the in your network that you can contact i would just cold reach out to people on linkedin um and and I've had this happen to me plenty of times, and I'm always happy to help. But if you, if I reach out to someone cold on LinkedIn who I don't know, and I say, I see like, hey, I see that you are in, or like, you are practicing law in this space. I'm kind of interested in this. Do you have 15 minutes to speak with me um, as I'm looking to learn more about this and see if I want to pursue this? Generally, I find people are surprisingly willing to be very helpful with this and um, mentor and advise people who are early uh, in the early stages of their careers and trying to figure things out. Um, I, I've generally found that to be the case. And so um, if you're, if you're kind of nervous about just randomly messaging someone on like LinkedIn or Twitter or anything like that, mm-hmm. I just want you to know that on the receiving end, it's, it's very flattering to be, for have someone reach out to you and say, Hey, I see that you are a leader in your field and I'm looking to get more get more knowledge about this, about the space. Do you have a few minutes to talk? And if, if not, they say, they might say, I'm sorry, I'm just, I'm too busy right now. Uh, follow up with me in a few months. Um, or, you know, they'll be happy to spend, spend a few minutes giving you some advice. And that can be super helpful to give you a real picture of what it's like down this career path. Um, because, in, in a perfect situation, you would not invest a ton of time, effort, and money uh, pursuing this field if it's something that you are ultimately not going to want to be in long term. And I know from people who have eventually switched their career paths that like choice can be much more difficult to make of, do I... I've spent all these years in this field and if I were to change and do something else, I would be a novice in in that area. And I've, I'm, you know, making so much money now on this career trajectory. If I start over with a new career, Mm. I'm going to be starting from the bottom and I'll have no relevant experience there. And what do I do? Because you've got that sense in your head, like of this, sunk cost that uh you've put all this time and effort into this one career path yes can you make a transition later in your career um i want to recognize that it is possible um and that you should not be so heavily focused on the fact that you have spent x amount of years in a in a in a Mm -hmm. career field there are ways that you can in making a transition to a different career, um, leverage the experience that you have and in a way that it can, you know, positively affect your like resume moving forward. Like let's say you 
were practicing law and you want to get into uh, marketing, there are ways that I would write one's resume or CV uh, to highlight the skills that you have that are relevant to marketing. And like, there's not going to be as much overlap as if you were to say, go from one position in law to another compared to going from a position in law to position in marketing. But there are, are ways mm. that you can uh, make it work. That's excellent advice. Uh, that One of the mistakes I've made in my career, I've stayed in a sector far mm. too long, far too long. Sometimes out of loyalty or feeling, well, it's not quite the right time to move. And I think it's just stepping back and making a calculated, um, taking a calculated risk to make a change makes all the difference. And I think your advice about reaching out to people on LinkedIn is a really valuable approach to take. Yeah. Um, now, when you were leaving uh, the law firm to move to work in your own business, Joris Page, did you have any sort of concerns or worries about leaving a secure Absolutely. job? I, I, was, I was making a regular salary uh, that paid my bills. And I, I was you know, young and early in my career, but I was kind of recognizing that if I step away from a career in law now at the, at this stage, which is relatively early in my career and to start a business and it doesn't take off and, uh, it has to shut down. Uh, what kind of footing am I going to be on for the future? Um, there's just, there was a lot of risk there. Um, because I, could I get like, could I get back into law? But then I realized ultimately I did not want to be in the legal field and the the fear of staying in the field that I just wasn't passionate about wasn't didn't yeah. wasn't excited about the my future in the fear of yeah. that outweighed my fear of uh, starting a, a new business that had like an uncertain future to it. And early on in running mm -hmm. my business, it definitely was not making as much money as uh, as mm -hmm. my other as my salary at a at a uh, firm was, but that was a, a calculated risk that I took. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. Like it, it was definitely a, a bit scary for, for a bit there. But you've gained so much, you know, when you take that calculated risk, set up your business, you go through all the ups and downs and you are learning, constantly learning new skills. If there was someone who was in a job right now and really concerned about leaving, they want to set up this business, they've had this idea for a long time, what sort of advice would you give them? Um, probably the first thing I would say is like find mentorship wherever you can. Mm -hmm. In particular, right. find a mentor whose advice you would take and listen to because right. um, in hindsight, like I've, I've had uh, a lot of mentors. I have gotten unsolicited advice from colleagues uh, in like telling me what I should do with my business and my trajectory and everything. And sometimes we let people influence us who we wouldn't take advice from, like friends in particular. Like a, a yeah. friend might say like, oh, you're going to leave this career to start this agency or business kind of, uh, and it's kind of early stage. Are you sure that's a good idea? Um, but I think it's important that the advice that we 
internalize and the advice that we take along with us is advice from people who we, whose ad, advice and opinions we respect. Um, this way, uh, you don't let uh, you don't let opinions get to you mentally that uh, are not ones like are just are not from people who whose advice you you and counsel you trust. So um, if you can like find mentors who are much more established in the field that you want to be in to be able to get advice from them, have them be a sounding board um, and just get good kind of feedback. Um, one thing I'd recommend uh, as early as you can would be starting a mastermind group. Um, this is a mastermind group is basically a group of either entrepreneurs or people in your industry or space um, who are either ideally at, at a slightly more advanced stage than you. And it's like a group discussion that you'll have once every either week or two weeks or three weeks to just discuss where you're at and discuss roadblocks that you're facing or hurdles that you're trying to overcome. And everyone else can provide input and give you advice forward. And for me, I've, I've had mastermind groups I've been with since I, since the probably 2014 or so, like early on in my businesses. And they've been most helpful when I've been in groups with people who are at stages of their business that were like more or their careers that were more advanced than me, um, because it, it would help me get clarity mm -hmm. and they could help me avoid some of the mistakes that they've made and they could help like they could give me really solid ad advice for moving forward. Um, as opposed to if I'm in a group with other novices and we're all at the kind of the same level, we yeah. don't really have mm. so much experience and advice to give each other. It's more just, it feels more like friends commiserating. Uh, so, uh, so I would yeah. say a mastermind group, it, it would definitely be helpful for anyone looking, looking to, really make uh, progress in their careers and their fields. Okay. And would you say that the mastermind group had a, a great impact in the success of Joris Page? M most definitely. I, so in my mastermind group, the first, I guess my first mastermind group, I've been in uh, quite a few in, in the last decade. Um, but the first mastermind group I was in, I had uh, in particular one member of my group was running a digital agency that focused on uh, a different industry, like, he focused on like the dental industry and we focused on the legal industry and hearing about how he was running his business and problems that he was dealing with versus uh, us and our industry. Like we just had a great rapport and the ability to like, I had an ability to kind of see his business as an outsider and, but with the knowledge and expertise that I had in my space and vice versa. Um, it's so hard I find it as a business owner in particular to take yourself out uh, and just look at the whole business kind of objectively. But in general, I find that this is more, this is a general difficult thing that people can have in their careers because we're doing it every day. We're in the thick of it. And like, as an example, when it comes to things like, do we like, going for a promotion, going for a raise or switching jobs or, or, or looking for something new. Um, there's so much of an emotional attachment 
to what we individually are going through in the companies and that we're with and the people that we're working with compared to like, think of like the advice that you'd give a friend if they were, if they were in your same exact situation, it's so much easier to be objective uh, and distanced from it when it's a friend going through it, as opposed to when you're going through it. And like when you're dealing with something at work and uh, have a certain challenge, you can tend to like make excuses or give certain justifications. And it's very emotionally based because you're so close to it. But meanwhile, if you had a friend that had the identical same situation in that in their office environment, you very probably very matter of factly would tell them, well, you need to do this. And so I, I think it's important to as best you can try and take a very big picture look objectively and not emotionally. What motivated you to set up Postego? My apologies if I keep pronouncing it wrong. So uh, experience that I had in running our digital marketing agency was that we wanted a better way to help ourselves and our clients to increase their search engine traffic. Now, Google, Google's algorithm has many unique elements to it, um, all of which are technically, it's a mysterious black box and we don't really know what, why Google prioritizes certain websites over others. But a lot of studies and research have been done. And the single most important factor that we've seen is that there is a high correlation uh, between a site ranking very well in Google search results and the quantity and quality of links that that website has from other websites. Now, like if I have a, if my website has, if all all else is equal, I have two identical websites and one website has a link from a BBC article and another website has no links to it. That website with the link from the BBC article is going to rank significantly better uh, because Google and its algorithm views uh, links from other websites and in particular established authoritative websites as a sign of trust that these other websites value the content on your website. And so therefore it's going to promote you and help you rank better. But the challenge with that in trying to get links to your website is that the most effective way is by doing cold email outreach for reaching out to other websites to basically say to them, Hey, I saw that you've got this really great blog article on uh, choosing a career path. I wanted you to know I've written an article all about uh, transitioning from a career in law to, to a career in marketing. And I think my article would dovetail your article nicely and fit in well with it. Could you please link to my article in your article? Like that kind of thing, doing outreach to kind of promote your content to get links to it is the most effective way that one can build real high quality links. But it's very traditionally has been very manual and labor intensive, everything from having to find the right websites to finding people's contact information to pitching them. And so we built Postaga to streamline that process. So Postaga helps you with prospecting to find relevant websites. It helps you find their contact details and helps you build and send 
personalized emails to pitch them. And the goal with that is to help you better rank your website, better uh, build your business. And besides just like building links, it's also a great platform for doing what we call like digital PR. So getting press coverage for your business or product, uh, for example, getting guest spots on podcasts, which is something I, I regularly been doing. So I, I do outreach to podcasts to pitch myself as a guest so I can talk a little bit about Postaga, talk about my experience and how it's real, like how it's relevant to these podcasts and helps me build my brand and my company's brand. And so um, that's yeah a bit about why we built Postaga and where it is today. What are the key strengths and uh, personality traits are required to do the type of work that you do? This is for someone who's interested mm. in getting into your field. So I'd say my my job is my job today is all over the place. Um, I I guess I'm part manager, part marketer, part customer service and sales and operations. Um, and that all being said, I think the biggest strength that one needs is organizational skills and time management um, and like the ability to prioritize. And so I need to basically juggle a lot of different things and, you know, man managing my day feels like the, the most, the most important thing that I need to do. And so one thing that's like helpful for me is I have like, I have like my calendar filled out completely. So I know throughout the day, I have a block of time where I'm going to focus on marketing, or I'm going to focus on operations or customer support or things like, or sales or things like that. Um, and I'm going to mm -hmm. try and remove as many distractions as possible during these times, not take calls uh, and uh, focus on these specific uh, different activities. Um, and also in managing a, a team, um, it's important to prioritize that as well because you don't want people to be stuck waiting for you to get back to them. And so um, I I know that like some people might say like, oh, the ability to like multitask is important. I hate the idea of multitasking. I mm -hmm. absolutely hate it because it just makes you inefficient at a lot of different things. And I think there's a real time cost to what I'll call like task switching. So if one second I'm doing something with customer service or I'm writing a blog post and then I have uh, someone who needs uh, a customer who needs help with this, and I, I see I have a new email from someone asking about something, for me to change my mindset to get out of this one activity to this other and then finish it up and then get back to it, there is a real time cost to that. And um, it, we... I don't think we like think about that a lot, but it, it like the better that you can like block your time, I think the more effective mm -hmm. you'll be able to be and trying to juggle many things at once uh, will just mm -hmm. end up with you not getting nearly as many things done, in particular, the things that do take more time to do. So what would a typical day look like for you in the office? Oh, a typical day. It's all over the place. Um, so in, I say like in the morning, I the first thing I try and do is I look at any support tickets that I've gotten overnight or since I last shut down. Um, I address those. I then check my inbox uh, and deal with any any anything urgent that needs to get dealt with. Um, and then I'll 
take care of uh, sales related things that I need to take care of. I'll check in with my team and that'll take up a good part of the morning. Um, and usually in the middle of the day, early afternoon, I, I have some calls or podcast interviews or things like that or webinars and I'll, I'll do those. And then um, I'll spend the rest of my day dealing with the more, the bigger picture projects that I'm working on, whether they're marketing related or are mm. kind of some quarterly focused projects that we're trying to get done, whether it's related to sales or operations or anything like that. Um, one thing that's been particularly helpful for me for running a business is uh, having in, it's called like the entrepreneur's operating system. It's also called a traction. And basically uh, one key component of it is that like, there are a lot of things that we want to do every, uh, as, a, as a business owner, every day, there are many different things that take our attention, but at a high level, there are, there's only, an, only so many hours in the day and the year. And so let's have a few focused big projects each quarter that we're working on. And when we have time to work on these projects, we work on them. And if there are new ideas that we have, instead of just adding them to the list, we are, are just getting, getting doing them. We'll, we add them to our list of potential projects. And then at the end of the quarter, when it's time for us to decide what we're going to focus on next quarter, we can add it to the list, like choose it to be one of our core projects or not. Um, really the, the kind of key to this is organization and doing, doing my best to not get distracted by shiny objects or random things that can take away our attention and instead try to be as disciplined as we can for the short-term and the long-term growth of the company. And uh, would you like to share an important tip for entrepreneurs who are struggling with managing their time in a day? Because I find that there's always so many things to do and sometimes my time spills over into my personal time. So that work-life balance becomes a struggle. Yeah, so... Um, I'd say the kind of the best thing I could say is like, like for someone like myself who get just can get easily distracted, checklists and to-do lists are super helpful. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, for a time I was just having like checklists written down on physical paper and I would cross things out and I would, mm -hmm. and like to this currently I'm, I'm using like a, something digital, but basically if something new comes to me before I like jump at it to be like, okay, I want to do this. I will add it to the list and see like, all right, is this, uh, is this urgent and important? Is it urgent, but not important? Mm -hmm. Is it not urgent and important yes. or not urgent and not important? And that yes. helps me prioritize yes. if this is something I need to get done today. Um, mm -hmm. and generally I have like a rule of thumb that if there's something that I, that is in front of me and it'll take, 90 seconds or less to do, I will just do it now and be done with it. Um, but if it's going to take longer than, a, than 90 seconds, then I'll put it on a list and I will, I'll get it, get to it when, when it's time to get to it, when, when the urgent and important things are done with. That's great advice. Great advice. I need to follow some of those <laughs> tips myself. Um, what are some of the challenges that are facing your industry at the moment? Um, in terms of our industry, so uh, I'd say the kind of the biggest challenges that I've seen are it 
to me, it mainly feels that the, well, so in my space of email outreach and link building, uh, it's SEO and digital marketing is very competitive and it's more competitive now than it has mm -hmm. been years ago. Um, and some right. of the strategies that people are doing now are very oversaturated. Um, and so we, you have to get creative uh, with, with your efforts. Um, like it used to be years ago that you could pretty much just send a website an email and say to them, hey, I've got an article that would be a great fit for yours. Can you please link to it? And they would just say, yeah, sure. And they linked to it and it was very easy to do. Now you have to make sure that one, your content is really good and stands out. Um, and sometimes that you have like a more unique approach in your pitch. So like I, I get a lot of people reaching out to me every single day, either for asking for a link or asking to write a guest blog post on our website. And like, it, 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 I get a lot of it and a lot of it is very uninspired um, and not super relevant to me. And so uh, I know that people with websites that have significantly more traffic than my website does, they get hundreds of emails a day. And so making making it so that your message stands out and it's super personalized is very, very important. Um, and like that, that's really key. Just come like, especially if you're like trying to do like link building or, or outreach for marketing, having a personal touch um, makes it much more likely that you're going to get a response and, and uh, kind of get your goals. Um, early on, you mentioned uh, that you had mentors throughout your mm. career. Is there one mentor that stood out for you that really influenced you in your career? I've had uh, I guess quite a few. Um, early on in my career, I had mentors mm. suggesting I should go to law school, and I didn't didn't uh, in hindsight I don't agree with that. I'm like that was a terrible that was terrible advice. <laughs> um, but uh, like, and as I kind of started my started my business and, and, uh, sort of like building my businesses. Um, I've had, yeah, I've had different mentors and some of them have really just been like peers, like in my mastermind groups that have been very helpful to give, give advice at the right time. Um, the company that, uh, that acquired Jiris page years ago, um, the, the CEO of the company, uh, so after I sold Jurispade, I stayed on with the company for a while, and the CEO was a was definitely a, a mentor to me, showing me how to run a business of a much bigger size, and that I, I took a lot of lessons from that forward with me with Juris with a Postaga today. Um, so that, that I got a lot of lessons out of that, um, and today I uh, Postaga is in a startup accelerator program run by a tiny seed. And the, uh, the founders and principals of that, uh, uh, Rob Walling and Einar Volset are mentors to me today and are, have provided a, just a ton of valuable advice for helping me uh, build a business. And the Rob's, uh, podcast, actually, it's called the startups for the rest of us. That's been a very valuable resource for me as well. Thank you. Yeah. That was just some amazing advice. Just covered so many areas, mentors, um, all the various groups, mastermind groups, amazing. Is there anything that you wanted to share that I've not covered? Any questions I've not asked? No, that's pretty much it. Yeah, if people are 
looking up find me online or find Postaga, the website is postaga.com, uh, P-O-S-T-A-G-A.com. And if you want to try it out, uh, we'll give you a coupon code, uh, podcast50. We'll give you 50% off uh, any of our paid plans for three months. Um, and you can find me online, Twitter, I'm at Andy Cabasso. LinkedIn, I'm Andrew Cabasso. And we have a group, a Facebook group called Grow Together SEO. That's all about digital marketing and SEO. And if you have any other questions for me, if you have one advice on your career that I could possibly help with, please feel free to reach out, hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook. And I'm happy to give just any, any advice that I can. I, I've spoken with a lot of people who used to be in law or people who are working on startups. And yeah, if there's any advice, uh, just like years ago, when I'd hold reach out to people on LinkedIn. I'm happy to repay the favor and help anyone that I can. Thank you so much, Andy. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's just been so many uh, gold nuggets in your advice today. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Sandra. You know, we've reached the end of our episode today. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you found the information really useful and inspiring.